Welcome to the QKB Community Spotlight, where QKB is a friendly gym in East Brisbane practicing strength for life. Today on the podcast, we're going to have Dan John. Um, Dan is a, f- a strength coach, he's a dad, he's a college lecturer, um, and one of the things he's really good at is taking complex information and making it really accessible. Um, I'm excited to have Dan on, on the podcast, and he shares a lot of great tips today. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Welcome, Dan. We're, we're on the podcast now. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and what you do during the week, maybe what a normal day looks like for you. Well, what a normal day is in 2018 is different than what it used to be. But yeah. uh, I'm from uh, South San Francisco, California. I'm the youngest of six, which I guess as an athlete really helps because you're always chasing everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up wanting to be an American football player, and uh, I started throwing the discus uh, to help that. And then pretty soon I became a really good discus thrower and a, and a good, a good uh, football player. And uh, because of the discus, I, I was able to pay for all my education. I went to Utah State University where I had kind of probably the best discus coach in the world at the time, Ralph Mon. Mm-hmm. I got uh, a whole bunch of degrees, you know, academic degrees along the way. So it allowed me to do it. It allowed me to do something I keep telling people to do in this field. So I was able to have full-time jobs teaching history or uh, teaching theology uh, teaching mm-hmm. economics, and, uh, you know, I coached at the schools, but I was able to keep the weight room open for for free for an hour every day, and the kids would come in, and later faculty members, and I had I had to really expand my toolbox, and then over, over time, decades, uh, the strength coach job became far more important than teaching history, um, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and here we are in 2018, 2019, and basically that's all I do anymore with all these great degrees sitting around. Um, what's a typical day? Typical day, I get up at about 6. Uh, I drink coffee that I made the night before, and I go to my – on. I, I teach online for Columbia College, and I work on my students for uh, – you know, I interact, do the discussions, grade the papers, uh, and then I start writing. At about 9 o'clock, I get ready because at 9.30, people from all over the world come and train with me for free in my garage, which Men's Health called America's Top Gym. Yeah. And then after that, we go to breakfast. Uh, I eat eat a couple eggs. I eat some veggies. I drink a lot of water and a lot of coffee. And um, nowadays, uh, I come home and I do house stuff for about an hour or so. And then I head over and do cryotherapy. Uh, you know, that's when you step in that thing that's oh, my, my, minus 153 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know what it is in centigrade, but it's cold. And then I shake her plate and I do the red light therapy and I feel better and I go home and I hang out with my dog and read and then make dinner and hang out with my wife. So my life right now is pretty good. I, I travel a lot. I travel, uh, all over the world, uh, quite a bit. And here we go. Uh, that's, that's basically my, my typical day. Uh, typical week for me is usually on Friday. Um, uh, today I'll be flying out here in just a couple hours, but usually on Friday I get on a plane, teach on Saturday and come home on Sunday or Monday, depending on what the, what the task is. Yeah. So that's, that's my career, man. Yeah. So, so 
said, was it negative 153, or was it? Yeah, negative 153 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. And that, that must just pulse fairly briefly. I'm imagining you can't spend a lot of time in that sort of temperature. I go for three and a half minutes, yeah. Yeah, right. Wow. And so negative uh, 100 Celsius for those of us who, who use metric. Yeah, and I wish we did use metric. I don't know why we don't. Uh, <laughs> we, we In 1973, we said we'd be metric within two years, and that'll just tell you about how. But, you know, the United States, we're, we're trying to go in reverse as fast as we can. Um, but uh, yeah, it is, uh, you know, uh, I think – well, I'm a big believer in recovery. Um, I don't, I don't really talk about it as much because when you talk about things like recovery, most people just yawn and, you know, turn the page, uh, until they, cause most people don't train very hard, so they don't need to recover at all. I yeah. mean, they act like they train hard, but they don't actually train hard. So, uh, I, I've always pushed recovery. I push sleep very hard. I push water really hard. Um, because that's, those are little things, little, those are huge things that if you don't take care of, really catch up to you. Yeah. I, I can't remember which strength coach it was that said that it's not about how much you can do. It's about how much you can do and recover from. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's it right there. Um, I'm always surprised how people mix poor sleep with poor nutrition, with poor hydration, and then try to make it up with uh, a killer workout. It's like the last thing you need is a killer workout, you know, what you need is just the fundamentals. I mean, yeah, even if you're not sleeping and eating well, I still think you need to work out, train at some level, but you're burning the candle on five ends, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not not time to push for a personal best, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. You're teaching for Columbia. What are you What are you teaching for those days? For, for Columbia College, I teach uh, religious studies, and then for St. Mary's, I teach strength and conditioning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, okay. So, and, and that's uh, is that broad religious studies, or is that focused? Yes. On the, the, yeah. Yeah. Broad. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I enjoy it very very much. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You've uh, you've obviously had and and been through a few different jobs, but um, I, I guess you've told your story a few times. But what inspired you to get into strength conditioning? Oh, I never. Uh, well, that'll be actually part of my workshop. Yeah. Uh, in uh, 1965, um, my aunt died, and she left us some money, and we uh, we bought a Sears. Ted Williams barbell set that was 110 pounds, 50 kilos. And, uh, my brother started lifting weights and my goal was to, let's see, how much would that be in kilos? Uh, my goal was to lift, uh, put 15 kilos over my head. And that was my goal. And, uh, I fell in love with weightlifting when I first started and, you know, never, I've never, I've never walked away from it. Uh, and then I got, in 1970, I read a, uh, a couple of books that really inspired me to do a few things. Um, I've just, I've always loved the, I've always loved the, the weight room. I've always loved training, uh, in all forms. I just, I just like it, you know? I mean, I know that kind of sounds weird, but I just flat out like it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you tell a story in, 
Uh, I think it was probably in one of your, your T Nation articles or Never Let Go, which is similar. Um, but um, about you learning to do bicep curls and uh, and overdoing the volume a little bit with that. Do you want to tell us about that one? Because I, I like that story. Well, I don't I don't remember the story about the bicep curls, but I have tons of stories about overdoing it with squats. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, I feel like it was was something like that, or maybe it was pull ups, but you did something until exhaustion, and then had like rigor mortis, just about, or or, um, or you were contracted and in pain the following day. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I mean that's that's not unusual. I don't remember the particular story, yeah. but my fa- my favorite story. From my idiocy was uh, in June 1979. Uh, do you want kilos or pounds? You you go with whatever. People can figure it out. It's too okay. Too- All right. So uh, so I was trying to win this bet. If I could, uh, the goal was to squat um, 300 pounds or you know about 137 kilos for 61 mm-hmm. reps. And so the workout was. Um, so 315, which is 142.5. Mm-hmm. I did 315 for 30 reps, 125 kilos or 275 for 30 reps, okay. and then 100 kilos for 30 reps. So I did 90 reps of squats in, in three sets. <laughs> and uh, the workout took me about an hour and a half, two hours to do. Mm-hmm. And I was I was just sitting on this. We had this red incline bench, and I was just sitting on there. And I, and I was thinking, if I had a motorcycle, how, how am I going to change gears? I couldn't think of how I was going to change gears mm-hmm. um, because I honestly <laughs> didn't know. It, I, 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 and, and I just remember being just so exhausted. Now, the funny thing about that, doing those high rep squats, is that I got my waistline slimmed down doing that. My discus farther but the only thing is <laughs> after about three weeks of three days a week of high rep squats i had a hard time walking i just yeah. and so i had to kind of stop i mean literally i just i i was just so broken but i've done a lot of dumb stuff in my life uh, we used to, we of course when i was young we did every stupid bodybuilding thing that you'd read in those magazines and they never yeah. you know and of course they never worked uh, you know, they're all voodoo and they made up. So it was a good lesson for all of us. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what's the number one thing that you do on a day to day basis that you have, you feel like helps to make your life awesome? Okay. So on my computer, uh, I wish I could show it to you, but, um, and I'll, and I'll probably uh, bring this up in our talk. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a little list of how many things are there. I never even think about, okay, oh, I have five. Okay, there are five. And so I'll read them off to you. Ready? Mm-hmm. So number one, um, it says number one, sleep ritual, make coffee for the morning, supplements, make tomorrow's to-do list. Number two, wake up and be grateful. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Number three, I do a one-minute meditation. It's actually called one-moment meditation. It's mm-hmm. on. Uh, it's an iPhone app. Number four, daily work on original strength and easy strength. Ruck okay. once a week, hypertrophy and 30-30 as often as appropriate. Number five, eat eight different veggies a day. And then underneath it, it says in bold letters, live, laugh, love. 
So for me, the number one thing that I do to make every day wonderful is the night before. The night before, I make the coffee, I make my to-do list, I take my supplements, I put on my magic pajamas. Uh, I'm trying this, these magic pajamas that, uh, um, that Under Armour, by the way, and they just, I don't know what it is, but they knock me out. So they, by definition, have to work. Um, so I feel a great day starts with a great night's sleep. I feel a great day starts with a, a moment of gratitude. It doesn't have to be long. Uh, Pat Flynn, my friend, says he, he, he used to be grateful for butterflies. On his worst day, he still liked butterflies. And uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think that's funny, but it's true. Uh, yeah. Take a moment every day to meditate really helps me. Because if I – and I, I, I do my one-minute meditation, I count my breaths. I found that if I'm breathing about seven, rep, uh, seven breaths in a minute, um, that tends to make it for me. That's the number. If it, if I go to 10, I have to kind of reconsider a few things. Maybe I'm stressed out. Yeah. Uh, if it's five, I don't know what that would mean, but it just seems to be, Oh, that's a little different. That's, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, yeah. so that's, I would say that the daily, the daily do this list that no matter what comes up, you know, when I go on trips, I, uh, I bring, um, do you know what a hip band is by any chance? Um, it's a wider, it's a mini band that's wider, thicker, and you put it around your knees and you do hip, hip thrusts and, uh, well, we call them nasty girls, but, uh, vertical clams, you know, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And I also bring a, a judo belt to do isometrics. So even if I'm on the road, I still train every day. I still meditate every day. I still take my supplements every day. You follow? So for me, the answer has always been um, this kind of every day is the every day is the secret. Okay. Um, you know, most people, I think, now, I hope you've been listening to some of the numbers I've been telling you. I started lifting weights in 1965. That's a lot of time lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I graduated from college in 1979. So I've been coaching. This is my 40th year of coaching. So for me, the, the things I've learned is it's a phrase my coach used little and often over the long haul. You can't, you can't just, uh, you know, you know, wave a magic wand and suddenly, you know, suddenly undo the damage of, I don't know, a year, 10 years, 20 years of, of, I don't know, eating, eating chocolate and watching TV, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I have a a friend who's a, um, a financial planner. She, she, she works with people's finances, financial Mm -hmm. advisor. And she talks about, talks to people about their, their money and, and she shows them an exponential graph. And then she goes, look, if you don't, if you don't do the, the good habits now, you're not cutting, cutting off the front of that graph. You're cutting off the back of the graph where it's really valuable. And so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Can, 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 do you have any more? Can you continue with that? That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. All I was going to say is, is people, people might have great, great uh, behaviors for, for 10 years. But then if you take two or three years off, you then set yourself back to the, the low value portion of the graph for a good chunk. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's us. Well, so for me, I don't know if you ever in my snuff on. I, I get people asking about financial advice all the time. I mean, it's very common. And, uh, you know, because I retired at 52 as, mm. as a teacher, you know, which is pretty yeah. unusual. But, uh, and I always tell them the same lessons are true. Uh, do you have an emergency fund? Because, you know, for example, we had a heater go out this week and, uh, I didn't have to use a credit card or anything. I just, I just, I had this little bit of money. I mean, that was just, you know, set aside and it worked out and it worked out great. Um, I think, yeah. uh, and then from there, I believe that you should always put a little bit of money away for some long-term miracle goal, you know, buying your yacht or something like that, whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, you go through these very simple things, and people go, well, that's simple. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. simple, but you just have to, do, you've got to commit to doing it for a, a little bit for a long time. Uh, yeah, and uh, that, you know, that's one of those things I think a lot of people miss. You know, I think a lot of people miss uh, when uh, when it is simple. I mean, it is simple, and that's boy. And, and but simple people always mix. It. We say in discus throwing, I said it was simple, not easy. I said it was simple, not easy. And uh, people always go, well, "What do you what do you mean by that?" Well. Discus throwing a stretch, one, two, three. Right? That's it. That's discus throwing. Now you just have to do that 10,000 times a year for the next 40 years. Now it's simple, but that's not easy. And I, and by the way, I, I will go to my death, uh, explaining that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where we all want a magic pill on some level. We, mm-hmm. we want something that will take us and do the last 10 years of work for us. Yeah. Yeah, I call yeah. In this article I just wrote, uh, I call it the magic wand. And mm. everybody wants the magic wand. And uh boy, that's that's just it's you know, too bad I'm not Harry Potter or Dumbledore or Merlin or uh, sub, uh you know, I dream a genie or bewitch because that's what people want. They don't want you know, they don't want five sets of three. <laughs> they, yeah. they want here you go. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always, always interesting talking to people about nutrition. Okay. Um, which is incredibly complex. But by the same token, it's actually kind of not. Um, you know, it's, uh, pe- people want to be, people want to be lean and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but they also want to have all the cake and, and all the alcohol at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is that's true. And well, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but here in the states, I mean, we have we're the United States. The word moderation has been it's not even a vocabulary anymore. It's we're we in every aspect of life, you know, we're in in our politics, everything about us. We've just oh, we've just thrown moderation out the window, and uh, and so what you get is it's either you know, you eat nothing but crap food 24 hours a day, or you you do this magic program. You know, I'm I don't know if you guys have cleanses. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a liver cleanse. Well, that is the role of the liver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you need to do a liver cleanse. That 
It makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> but there you go. And, I, and let's not comment anymore because it just frustrates me. Yeah. Um, do you have a specific goal at the moment? Um, and if yeah. so, what is it? Yeah. Well, I always have goals. I mean, there's. Uh, I'm, I'm writing a new book right now. That'll be nice. But uh, I have to get another surgery in uh, December, sadly. Um, my my doctor, who's very good, he told me that the day I was born, I was destined uh, uh, to. I have. I was born with uh, bad hip sockets. He goes, I am a textbook case, and God bless him. He's very good, and he told, and he warned me. He warned me when I first worked with him that I was destined for, you know, uh, hip issues. And boy, he was right. And no matter what I did, it didn't matter. Um, so, but after that, I'm going to come out of retirement and start throwing the discus again because I really miss it. And then uh, my other goal uh, is to dance at my granddaughter Josephine's wedding. Um, she's four years old. Uh, and, uh, I'm 61. You do the math. Yeah. 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 So that's that. But actually I tell people that goal, mm. uh, and uh, people think, uh, Oh, that's not, it's, it's very important to me. It's very big to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, families, families are a big deal. It's, yeah. Um, and being able to move and be a part of things. Being able to dance says a lot about your mental state as well as your physical state. There's a lot of a lot of good things attached to that. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Maybe in 30, 40 years she'll get married and I'll have gotten my goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it, you've got to be ready at any time for that, right? You, you don't know when that's coming. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, so those are my goals. Um, and I've got tons of goals. I mean, little goals, big goals. But uh, the, what I've discovered, uh, you know, Pierce, with with goal achievement, is mm -hmm. that um, it's it's the daily it's the daily grind of every day, er, mm -hmm. in every day, in, in, in knocking them down. You can't do it. Um, uh, you you can't get your goals with this massive big show you know you can't you know it's not like a wedding reception it's this big thing it's not like uh the oscars it's it's got to be every day just and really it truly is little and often it it, it to get your goals it doesn't have to be anything too fancy you know you just got to keep marching toward it that's there's nothing new about that but uh it's certainly true yeah yeah um what was the last book you read um, and what was the best thing about it? Well, uh, the last book I read, that's going to be uh, about five or six things at once, okay? So sure. just get ready for this, okay? <laughs> um, see, it would be the last. Hang on. Well, let me, uh, well, that doesn't have to be the last, but the, 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 the thing that really sticks out to you from something you've read recently. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's going to be easy, but, uh, so, uh, uh, one of the guys I work with at St. Mary's, Dan Cleather, just came out with a book called uh, the uh, the Little Black Book of Training Wisdom, and I really like it a lot. He uh, he really summarized uh, coaching, uh, like he looks at all these issues. Like you know, people think you can put together a magic periodization program; they never work. But I thought Dan did a real nice job summarizing all the crap in the in, in programming. A book I, I didn't think I'd like, but I liked, uh, this guy named Martin, I think it's 
Ben Geyser. Ben yeah. Geyser, he's a Swiss hammer thrower. He uh, interviewed a bunch of people in the book's called Training Talk. And I liked a lot of the book. Some of the, some of the parts of the book with different sports and stuff. I mean, I just kind of liked it. Um, yeah. you know, I just, some of the other sports, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But you know, sometimes when you read another, you know, when you read another sport, you're like, uh, you know, I don't completely, I don't fully understand. So the interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. So I liked a lot. I'm currently reading the book Fear by Bob Woodward about uh, this, the presidency we have right now. Sure. Um, that I, the word fear is appropriate. The more I read it, the more afraid I become. Um, I just reread uh, Strong Medicine by Chris Hardy and Marty Gallagher, which yeah. I thought was really a good book. Uh, I get I get lost sometimes in the the chemical stuff. You know, it's like, you know, ha- about half the time when I'm reading the book, I'm like, just tell me what I need to know. But then I realize what I need to know is the chemical stuff. You know, uh, and then I just honestly, it's kind of funny to say this. I just reread The Sword and the Stone again for the okay. 200 millionth time. Uh, so I just, in fact, it's funny because uh, I have it on Audible, and last night was uh, the very last when I was coming home from cryo. It was the mm-hmm. very last sentences. You know, I uh, I have said, or will I have said? You know, it's just a funny little line. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I read, I read quite a bit. Uh, um, I, I, I get about, oh, I'd say one or two books a week. Oh, and here's another one. I just, I just, as my mind zips around, uh, Tim Anderson just came out with a new book on original strength written with, uh, Chip Morton, who's also a friend of mine. Yeah. And I really like this book. So what they've done with his original strength, which is his mobility and, um, Vestibular system training based on the, the movements of, show, of babies, uh, is they have, then they, they took all these ideas and then they applied them, like in my case to discus throwing, in your case to, you know, uh, rugby league or, and, and, yeah. and uh, how you use these things, not only just as a warm up or as a reset, but in training and in competition. So I, I really enjoyed that book. Yeah, I, I finished that one yesterday as well, actually. I, I thought they did a lovely job of explaining oh. some of the stuff going on in the background nicely as well with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, some sometimes, like I just said about the per, uh, strong medicine, I mm. don't under, always understand the chemistry. When I read uh, uh, Tim's work, I don't under, always understand the vestibular system. But at least I'm, tr- but at least I'm trying, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm never, I'm not going to be an expert. And I never even want to be. I mean, I'm, no one can. Uh, but I, I have to at least be aware of it at some level. So yeah, I've, I've been very happy lately with my book selections. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, one more book uh, that I kind of recently, recently re, re, reread was, mm. uh, Spring Chicken, which I think is one of the best books ever made by, uh, Bill Guilford. Mm. Uh, it's about longevity. And that book really helped me clarify in my head that health is this, fitness is that, longevity is this, performance is over here. They're not all the same thing. And people always try to whirl them in a blender, and that's not correct. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, spring chicken. All right. Um, uh, uh, I've made a list. I'm going to try and I'll track all these books down, and I'll, I'll have a <laughs> list of them for people who are listening. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. 
So that should make life a little easier there. Sure, sure. Um, uh, we're, we're entering the really important part of this this, uh, this talk now, Dan. Okay. What, what's your favorite food? Well, so we have a thing in the United States called Thanksgiving, and the mm-hmm. centerpiece is a thing called turkey. Uh, I would, but see, for me, turkey is, um, turkey means to me, because of Thanksgiving, so much more than just a, a poultry, but it is turkey. Uh, it just, uh, so in our home, and in, you're always, you're welcome to visit us. We, uh, we often have a thing called practice Thanksgiving, where we, okay. where we invite everybody over and mm-hmm. we cook a turkey and people bring the side dishes. Uh, it is funny, uh, I'll probably butcher his last name, but last Thanksgiving, um, my friend Ole Stuttgart from uh, Denmark was here. And so he had the true John family Thanksgiving experience, and he'll probably never recover from that. <laughs> so I love Thanksgiving, okay? Love it. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's that's way more in-depth, and that's that's an experience rather than just food, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I used to, you know, I used to ask my daughters, uh, uh, questions when they were young. <clears throat> and one of our favorite conversations of all time was this one. Okay. There's three options at a meal. The service, the food, and the company. Which one do you pick? Uh, oh, two are awful. One is great. Which one yeah. do you pick? And of course, the correct answer is the company. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, if you read that, if you read the Gospel of Luke, Mm-hmm. You'll you'll find that there's ten dining moments in the book, ten meals, and never in the meals do they talk about what was served. They always talk about the people. So for me, food and food is food, but dining is so much more important. Yeah, yeah. Josh Hillis uh, refers to that in in one of his books. Uh, he talks about how if you're going to have a cheat day. Don't do it on your own. Like, make make it an event where you enjoy food alongside people rather than just binging in the corner on on donuts. Um, that exactly, exactly. And you know, I, I, I read you know I, I I read some of the young guys in the industry, and this is not a knock. Don't don't take this sure. wrong. But uh, you know, you, the guy will be twenty two years old talking about his six pack abs and how he. He drinks a certain kind of tea, you know, with, and then all these herbs in it and, you know, how he sleeps, you know, he takes a, sleeps for 10 hours every night, takes a three hour meditative nap, saunas, cryos. And I sit there and I look at this and, and their meals are, you know, three quarters of an ounce of, you know, white chicken turkey meat that's, you know, just a hint of oregano. And, and, and I think to myself, you can do this because you got no kids, you got no wife, you got no life. You know, <laughs> when uh, as you move along a little bit, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing's gonna st- is gonna change. You know, yeah. uh, once you have a, a two year old throwing food at you, that changes your micronutrients. Yeah, yeah, and and along the way, I mean, it's, if you're still living that lifestyle at seventy five, you're gonna have great abs, but what a quality of life. Like it's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, it's what I talk about in longevity all the time. It's mm. not just the quality. It's it's not just the quantity. It's the quality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I feel like we've, we've covered it largely, but what are your hobbies? Do you have time for hobbies? You know, you make a, you know, it's a good, it's a good question, uh, because, um, I'm one of the few people who has turned their hobby into their life. Mm. My hobby, my hobby is, is strength training. And no, seriously, yeah. it's, it's, and then, uh, um, you know, when you read like uh, Nassim Taleb, he's mm. that, uh, the economist. Now, a lot of people don't like him, but I, I get a lot from him because he is a bit uh, contrarian. Um, if I'm going to do things straight up, Warren Buffett is going to be my model for earning money. You know, you invest, you sit on, you make good investments and you sit on it. Thank you. Thank you for investment advice. That's it. But if you want to think outside the box, you've got to think way outside. And NASM has this interesting thing called the barbell theory. So, you know, you have this job that's nine to five. It gets your insurance. It pays for the gas. It puts food on the table, puts a roof over your head. And then you tinker with a hobby. And then over time, the hobby, if you're good at it, becomes your, your job. And, uh, so for me, that's exactly what happened. I was a, I was a volunteer strength coach. Well, I got paid at first from 79 to 82. I got paid, but from probably 82 for a long time, 1982, uh, I just did it as a volunteer. And I loved it so much that pretty soon, oddly, people paid for my information. It was like, are you crazy? How do you not know this? And then now I, I'm, life is pretty good. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's always a bit surreal when you, you just realize that people are paying you to do something that you really, really like to do. Yeah. Well, I actually wonder about it sometimes. It's like, really? You, you don't know this? I did not know this. Yeah. But then I realized that, you know, uh, and then I look like I told you, this is my 40th year as a coach. And gosh, what is this? My 53rd year of weightlifting, you know, yeah. you know, so maybe I do have a little bit of knowledge stored up there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Look, even if you weren't thinking about it particularly hard, the war of attrition means that, that you, you probably know more than most of the other people who are, who are, are kicking around just by having done it for, for that period of time, right? Sure. And well, and I hate to say it, but because of anabolics, uh, a lot of my friends who have a lot of information are dead, mm. you know, and it's, it's, you know, I mean, we, I don't want to, you know, name names, but mm. it's a, it's a rare week that either one of my teammates or one mm. of my friends or someone in the industry dies way too young. Uh, because they chose, you know, and they, they wanted, uh, they wanted the big bicep, the titanic traps, the, you know, the, the quivering quadriceps or whatever the hell it was. And, uh, and the body, you know, hey, you know what, you know, there, there is a balance in life and, you know, you got to pay the piper. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of cliches slapped on top of each other. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think some people knowingly make the trade off. Um, oh yeah, and, uh, and well, other well, here's what they do: they make the trade-off when they're 22, mm. and but they don't realize when they're my age that that wasn't a good deal. You know, I mean, I get it. I mean, you can rip on me because of the number of surgeries I had. And then I last time I gave a podcast, some some guy emails me and says, "Well, with all your surgeries, certain you realize you're training wrong." I'm like, it was like, you know what? Not only did I pay for my education with, by, mm. with, with my body and throwing, mm. 
My daughter's college, you know, see, this doesn't translate to other countries, but my my daughter's college educations were free. I'll pay for my grandchildren's college educations uh, for free. They they graduate debt free. They have no debt. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, you 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 people outside the states, you don't understand. We're we're talking about young kids with quarter million dollar debt at twenty three years of age, man. You know. That's a that's an albatross. That's a that's a millstone around the neck. Those are that's hard to get rid of. Well, so and, for and me, that you know, when especially when, sorry, um, just just to give that some context for people in Australia, um, that would buy your house in most states in the U.S. two hundred and fifty grand in Houston. Yeah, would, that was a decent house. You would be fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my daughter Lindsay, for example, I don't want to go into too much depth on her, but. She graduated from college debt free, got a job and bought a house. And then a year later sold that house with a huge profit. Mm-hmm. But none of her friends, most of her friends live in basements. I mean, they, yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at this point, I normally ask people to, to explain why they choose to train the way they train. Um, I feel like we've, we've heard a bit of it, but. I figure now's probably the time for you to tell us about what you're going to tell us in May. Well, no, because a big part of it is going to be this. Why do I choose to train the way I train? Well, I got a booklet in 1965 that I'll bring. Okay, I'll bring. I'll make sure I bring it. Okay, and I'll show it to you guys. That basically is the template for the book Easy Straight. In 1965, I got a book that said two sets of five in these big global movements is all you need to do. In 1970, I got another book that said basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, uh, I read an article in 1974 that said you should combine the Olympic lifts with the power lifts. I, yeah. I kept bumping into these same truths. Mm-hmm. So I have never been a believer in the Frankenstein monsters model. Arm yeah. day, leg day, pancreas day, lymph, you know, mm-hmm. lymphatic system day. I've always believed in whole body training. And I'm right. You can argue with me, but I'm <laughs> waste your time. Um, so I've always been believed in full body training. I've always believed in uh, the fundamental movements. I've always believed that you can't let one uh, thing. You, if you just go for pure strength but ignore mobility, you're going to get you're going to get caught. If you just do flexibility with no strength training, you're going to get caught. Something's always going to break if you're one dimensional, and mm-hmm. you know. So I've always believed that the body is one piece, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And if you're a horrible human being, it's going to catch up to you. Unless you're so horrible, we put you in charge. Um, But so, yeah, that's um, if you have diarrhea, back squatting is not a good idea today. Uh, if you just had your heart broken by your girlfriend or a wife, not a good day to do the Olympic lifts heavy. Uh, sure. you know that. I know that. Why, why don't people just follow along? You know, so, you know, if you don't mind, Pierce, maybe one of the workshops, uh, one of the things I do have a talk, we'll just, I mean, it's up, it was where I call it 40 years, uh, 40 years with a whistle. We could yeah. probably throw that in and I give you the whole story of all the lessons I learned. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that sounds very good. Um, listening to you talk and with your theology background, um, you know, it's, we, we live in a very Greek thinking society. 
And a lot of these dichotomies come out of this whole idea of, of everything being split up, which a lot of the ancient people just didn't, just wasn't a thing, right? Well, you know, I mean, so I'm, I'm looking right here. I'm literally looking right here at my first published piece, okay? Mm. Conservation of Detail, A New Look at the Beowulf Poet. Mm. That's my first published work. Yeah. My second published work was on King Arthur. I've published mm. works on uh, teaching religious education. Uh, I, I'm shocked sometimes when I'll go to a workshop mm. and the people at the table, it's... Yeah, yeah, they, they, it's, it's this idea of either or. Now, if mm. you gotta be careful because, you know, when you read Genesis, you know, uh, you know, there are the days of separation. And it is true. Sometimes we have to say we have to separate things. We do, sure. you know, male, female, uh, you know, night, day, you know, I get it. But at the same time, there's always, there's always the next three days, what we call ornamentation, where mm. we, sun, moon, and stars, birds, and fish, where we add to that separation. I think a lot of people get caught, and, and I absolutely believe what, you, what we're talking about. When, you know, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle said there's really only two classes, music and gymnastics. I always loved that. Yeah. But to study music, you better know your math. Mm. And to study gymnastics, there's a lot of things you need to know. And uh, so for me, and thanks for bringing that up. Uh, so I'm a big believer in the blending of all this. Um, you know, if you don't know how to cook a turkey, let's not talk about how many amino acids are in a turkey. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and look, the final question. Um, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? Uh, fly. Fly? Yeah, it's always been mine. It's always yeah. been mine. Uh, in fact, when I was little, this sounds weird that we had this uh, for Christmas. We, we, my, my mom would bring out these, and I, God only knows how old they were, but there was this angel, and he was in a red robe. And so when I was little, I wanted to grow up to be an angel. And uh, when I found out about the powers of angels, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to be. I want to have the big wings, and I want to be able to go through matter, and and it never worked out. It's been the one great failing in my life. So I've been very disappointed with uh, the, with that. If I never made it as an angel. So there you go. But, yeah, uh, well, um, sorry, I, I cut you off there. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I, I'm sure you're disappointed too, so that's it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, look, thank you very much for your, your time, Dan. Um, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to uh, to having you out and learning from you uh, next year, and um, I'll I'll put an addendum onto this talk with uh, with all the, the different uh, books and stuff that we've talked about, and sure. and uh, and the dates for that as well. So thank you very much. That'd be great. And uh, if you could link to uh, if you wouldn't mind linking to uh, On Target Publishing, where you can not only get my books, but you can also get like uh, Taylor Lewis's material. Uh, um, Greg Cook, Mike Boyle, it would mean a lot to me. It would help. It would help the um, the, the publishing world is really getting destroyed by Amazon now, sure. and it's nice to have these publishers like Larry, Dave, and Larry Draper who are still trying to put out honest information that's not, you know, yeah. that's not shit, you know. They, yeah, they, yeah. I, I've I've gotten a lot of books from On Target 
a lot in across the years, and um, some of their first books are still some of the best books I've got. It's, um, it's not all your stuff that I'm buying from. So what? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, absolutely, be my pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. You are uh, you are a delight and a joy. I will uh, contact my uh, assistant as soon as I hang up to <laughs> to make sure we're all on board for what we're doing. All right, my friend. Ripper. Thanks, mate. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Stay in touch. That was our interview with Dan John. Um, We've got an event coming up with Dan in Brisbane on the 18th and 19th of May. The link will be in the description. Um, Dan mentioned several books. Um, The first one is from Dan Cleather, C-L-E-A-T-H-E-R, and that's The Little Book of Training Wisdom. He mentioned Martin Bingesser, Ben, ben Geiser, Training Talk. He mentioned Fear from Bob Woodford, Woodward, Strong Medicine by Marty Gallagher and Chris Hardy, The Sword in the Stone by T.H. White, Original Strength Performance by Tim Anderson and Chip Morton, and Spring Chicken by Bill Gifford. Alongside that, um, make sure that you check out On Target Publications and all of their good stuff. Um, look, thank you very much for your time. See you next week. Uh, If you like what we do, please follow the podcast on iTunes, like our Facebook page, and get in touch. And if you don't, flick me an email to help us make this better. A big thank you to Dan John for coming on, and I'll see you guys soon.